Let us read God's Word together, a very familiar passage of Scripture, Psalm 23. Boys and girls, let's read together. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Amen. Let us sing 637. Come, ye thankful people, come.
Pastor Alan Smith tells the story of two old friends who bumped into one another on the street one day. And one of them looked so sad, almost on the verge of tears, like he's just about to break down. And his friend said, what has the world done to you, my old friend? The sad fellow said, well, let me tell you. He said, three weeks ago, an uncle died and left me $40,000. Well, that's a lot of money. But you see, two weeks ago, a cousin I never knew died and left me $85,000 free and clear. Well, it sounds like you've been blessed. Well, you don't understand, he interrupted. Last week, my great aunt passed away and I inherited almost a quarter of a million dollars. Now, the other friend was really confused at this point and says, then why do you look so glum? He said, this week, nothing. (laughs) Pastor Smith said, that's the trouble with receiving something on a regular basis. Even if it is a gift, we eventually come to expect it. Someone once suggested to him a way to test someone's character. Now listen carefully. Give him or her $5 a day for a month. Okay? Then stop and see what the reaction is. So for every day for a month, you give him or her $5. Every day, every day, every day. But then the next month you stop... It says the natural tendency is that if we receive a gift long enough, we come to view it as an entitlement. We feel hurt, even angry, if we don't receive it any longer. It's the same way with the blessings that God gives us every day. I don't deserve the comfortable home I live in, the beautiful beautiful scenery around me, the clean water that I drink. But after receiving these gifts and multitude of others for years, I sometimes fail to be grateful. I've come to expect these good things. When one of them is removed for a short while, like the water being cut off, I get upset. Now, beloved, that article is such an eye-opener, isn't it? I mean, that kind of slaps you in the face, doesn't it? How happy are you when the water gets cut off? Not very, are you? Well, think about it for a beloved. We're so blessed, if we're not careful, we'll begin to develop an attitude of entitlement rather than an an attitude of thankfulness and gratitude. And uh, we're living in a day where it seems a lot of people want to skip over this holiday we're about to celebrate. Have you noticed that? Uh, We go straight from uh, Halloween and then it's Christmas time, it seems. But I'm thankful for such a day. I'm thankful for the reminder that I need to be thankful. I'm thankful for a day like that. And we want to think about thankfulness for a little bit today. Specifically, we want to talk about being thankful like Jesus. Being thankful like Jesus. Now, Jesus is our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our Master. And He's our greatest example in all things. And beloved, I want you to hear me clearly. Jesus was thankful. Jesus was thankful. Now, think about that. Jesus is God... Yet he's thankful. Now, if God is thankful, what does that say to you and to me? We should certainly be thankful as well, right? Now, this morning, instead of taking just one passage of Scripture and focusing on that one passage like we normally do, we're going to move around a little bit in the Gospels. And we'll begin there in Matthew chapter 14, and we'll also be in the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of John. And I want you to turn with me as much as possible today. And we're going to begin here in the Gospel of Matthew, the 14th chapter, where we find the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. In fact, it was more than 5,000. It was 5,000 men. 
So it could have been, what, 10,000, 15,000? We're not for certain. But at least 5,000, the feeding of the 5,000. And I want to remind you this morning that Jesus was thankful for physical blessings. Jesus was thankful for physical blessings. Now, Jesus, who is God, became man without ceasing to be God. That's the incarnation. We've talked about that in recent days. We're going to celebrate that very soon. Jesus, who is God, He didn't begin at Bethlehem. He stepped in the flesh at Bethlehem. Jesus, who is God, became man without ceasing to be God. And as the perfect God-man, perfect God, perfect man joined together, Jesus submitted Himself to many of the same requirements that we have. He knew what it was to be hungry. He knew what it was to be tired. In fact, so tired, he could sleep in a ship in the midst of a storm. He knew what it was to be thirsty. In fact, he even said on the cross, right? I thirst. He knew what it was to be tempted in all ways, like we are, yet without sin. And so Jesus, the perfect God, perfect man, joined in the flesh. Here he is in Matthew 14, and he's about to perform a miracle. He's going to take a very small meal and miraculously multiply it to feed thousands upon thousands of people. Now find Matthew 14 there, I hope you have it, and find verse 19. I want you to see what the Bible says that Jesus did. Chapter 14, verse 19 of Matthew. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, notice what he does, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, And the disciples gave to the multitudes. Now we call what Jesus did here, we call it what? We call it asking the blessing. We call it uh, saying grace. Uh, We call it offering thanks. Beloved, when you pause before eating a meal, and you pause and you ask God's blessing upon that, listen, you're in good company. You're actually following the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't ever be ashamed to do that. I don't care where you are. You don't have to make a spectacle, you don't make a scene. But whether you're in a restaurant, whether you're at school, wherever, you can bow your head and right there you can thank God for the blessings He's bestowed upon you. And Jesus was thankful for physical blessings. And this was not a one-time thing with Jesus. In fact, if you'll turn the page, if you need to, to chapter 15, we find that Jesus is going to feed the 4,000. And in chapter 15, verse 36, we find these words. Chapter 15, verse 36. And He took the seven loaves... And the fish and gave thanks and broke them and gave them to his disciples and the disciples gave to the multitude. Now think about this, beloved. This is God. This is the one who created the fish, the one who created the elements that that bread was made out of. And yet Jesus pauses and he offers thanks over and over again. We see it in scripture, don't we? Him offering thanks there. Now go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, we see it again. Luke 24, if you would please. And we have the account of the Emmaus Road disciples. The disciples on the Emmaus Road. And you know Jesus is walking along with them. The resurrected Jesus. They don't know who He is. He talks to them about Jesus. He preaches Jesus to them. And they're going along the road. And we find in chapter 24 of Luke, verse 30, it says these words. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread. Now watch it. Blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And it's interesting to see what happens. Don't close it up yet. Look at the next verse. 
Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. I love what J. Dennis wrote about this. He said, as Jesus broke the bread and gave thanks to the father, something caused them to know who he was. His thankfulness revealed who he was. Perhaps as he was thanking God and breaking the bread, they saw the nail prints still in his hands. And by the way, they're still in his hands today. He still bears in his body the marks that he bore for us and will for all eternity. He says, when you are thankful, you reveal whose you are. It lets the world see a glimpse of Christ. And he's right because Jesus was thankful For physical blessings. And Jesus expressed gratitude for physical blessings. Now, beloved, we often forget to do that, don't we? We take for granted the fact that we have not only our basic necessities met, but many of our wants as well. We have clean running water. You can go back here. You can go downstairs. You can go home. You can go to fellowship hall. You can go all over the place and find clean running water. Water. We have safe food. We don't have to be fearful, right? Because we know that we have food that's uh, sanitary and, and been provided and we can eat. We have warm clothing. Aren't you glad for that today? Man, it's cold out there. It dropped drastically from yesterday. But we're warm. Most of us are warm in here. Some of you are still cold. But, but we're warm. We have warm clothing. We have adequate shelter. Aren't you glad we're meeting, aren't meeting outside and under a tree this morning? I am. Man, here we are. We've got heat running. We've got, you've got a nice soft padded uh, pew there. We have adequate shelter. You have somewhere to go home to. And then on top of all of our needs being met, we have many of our greeds that are met. Those things that we like, those things that we desire, those things that we want. God has blessed us in so many, many ways. Think about it. If we're honest about it. We're so blessed, we have to sit around and figure out what to give each other for Christmas. You ever thought about that? We, we have so much stuff. And we're blessed in so many ways. We don't have any true needs, so we start making up stuff to give to each other. You ever thought about that? That's what we do. Because we're so blessed. In, in our most honest moments, if, if we're really true and transparent about it, we have to admit that's quite ridiculous. That we're so blessed... That we have to make up stuff to give away and give to each other. And on top of that, we forget to be thankful in the first place. You see how sad that is? That we forget to be grateful for the physical and material things that God has given to us. Instead, what are we guilty of doing? We're guilty many times of complaining about what we don't have. Right? Let's just be honest about it. We know know the truth. God knows the truth. We're not careful, we begin to complain. Well, I wish I had what he has. Well, I wish I had what she has. Boy, look at their house. Ooh, look at that car. Look at her dress. Look at his suit. Man, I'd like to have his bank account. I'd like to have this, that, and the other. And we're guilty of doing that. Somebody said, and I think they're right, we need to try thank you therapy. You know what thank you therapy is? Thank you therapy is this. It's the kind of thing we say, I'm thankful for the taxes I pay. Ooh, man, why? Because it means I'm employed. I'm thankful for the clothes that fit a little too snug. Ooh, why? Because it means I have plenty of food to eat. 
I'm thankful for my shadow who watches me work because it means I'm out in the sunshine. I'm thankful for a lawn that needs mowing, windows that need uh, cleaning, gutters that need fixing. Why? Because it means I have a home. I'm thankful for the spot I find at the far end of the parking lot. Why? Because it means I'm capable of walking. Man, I can walk. Listen to this one. I'm thankful for all the complaining about the government. Man, that's a hard one. You sure? Yeah. Because it means we have freedom of speech. I'm thankful for the lady behind me in church who sings off key. Don't look around. Don't look around. Eyes right here. I'm thankful for the lady who sings off key behind me in church. Why? Because it means I can hear. I can hear her sing. How about this one? I'm thankful for the piles of laundry and ironing. Man, are you sure? You know what it means? It means your loved ones are nearby. They're nearby. I'm thankful for the alarm that goes off in the early morning hours. I wasn't there quite this morning, but but I'm thankful. You know why? Because it means I'm alive. I get another day. And I'm thankful for the weariness and aching muscles at the end of the day. Why? Because it means I've been productive. I've been laboring. Imagine how different life would be if we all practiced thank you therapy. Thank you therapy. We begin to see these things not as all issues and problems and stresses and strains and complaints. We begin to see the, the bright side of things and all these things we think, well, I wish it, wait a minute, because I knew that means this. Imagine how life would be different if we truly lived with gratefulness for the physical blessings of life. But there's, we're not done today. Because Jesus was not only grateful and thankful for physical blessings, Jesus was thankful for spiritual blessings. We've talked about in days gone by, our prayer lives need to be balanced. We should spend time praying for physical needs and, and uh, those sorts of things, but we also need to be praying about spiritual needs. Many times we're very unbalanced in our praying, you know that? We pray all about the physical and forget the spiritual. We should pray for both. But not neglect either one. But the same holds true when it comes to our gratitude. Many times our focus is all upon the physical and the material. And we ought to be grateful for physical and material needs. But listen, not just the physical needs. We should be grateful and thankful for the spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ Jesus. And I want to show you that Jesus was thankful for spiritual blessings. Would you go to the Gospel of John chapter 11? And we find that Jesus was thankful for a great spiritual blessing. Jesus was thankful. You ready for this? He was thankful for prayer. Jesus was thankful for prayer. Now imagine that. This is Jesus, God in the flesh. He's thankful for physical blessings. He's thankful for food. He's thankful for all these things. But he's also thankful for prayer. And I want to show it to you, particularly here in Gospel of John chapter 11. This is the story of the raising of Lazarus. His good friend. Lazarus is dead. Jesus comes along. I think it was four days later. Uh, Lazarus has been in the tomb. Mary and Martha are there. They're weeping. Uh, this is the same chapter. It has the shortest verse in the Bible. John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept. But I want you to focus your attention on Jesus' thankfulness for prayer. Beginning at verse 41. John eleven forty one. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Wouldn't you love to have been a fly on the wall there? To see this, what's about to happen. They roll the stone away. Now notice the next part. 
And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, now I want you to watch his prayer carefully. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, I want you to get the picture of what's going on here. Jesus, in his prayer to the Father, thanks the Father for hearing him and thanks the Father that he always hears him. Jesus was thankful for prayer. Have you ever thought about the awesomeness of prayer? Have you thought about it recently? Have you reflected upon the fact that we as believers have an open invitation to come before the God of the universe and bring our prayers our petitions, our praises, our needs, and and lay them out before Him? If you don't know what to pray about, maybe you're struggling in your prayer life, just try this. Just start thanking the Lord for all of His blessings, and you'll have plenty to pray about. You'll have plenty to say. I understand the Scottish minister, Alexander White, was known for his uplifting prayers in the pulpit. He always found something for which to be grateful. But there came a particular Sunday morning. And it was one of those Sunday mornings where the weather was so gloomy that one particular church member thought to himself, certainly the preacher won't think of anything for which to thank God concerning today. This is a wretched day today. You know, one of those Sundays where you just want to roll over, turn the alarm off and go back to bed. It was one of those days. He said, certainly the preacher can say nothing good about this. Well, that morning, here's what White prayed. Here's how he began his prayer. We thank thee, O God, that it is not always like this. (laughs) There's always something to be thankful for. Always. Little Johnny was asked to write a composition on what I'm thankful for on Thanksgiving. You know what he wrote? He says, I'm thankful that I'm not a turkey. There's always something to be thankful for. Always. There's always blessings. And Jesus was thankful for prayer. Father, I thank you that you've heard me and that you always hear me. And I pray this, Lord, so those around me can hear it and know you. He was thankful for prayer. But there's a second thing he was thankful for, and that is this. He was thankful for revelation. Revelation. That is God revealing himself. Go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, please. And while you're turning there, Luke chapter 10 is the story of where Jesus sends out the 70 to minister on his behalf. And these 70, they return uh, with joy for what has been accomplished. Why? Because they've been casting out demons in Jesus' name. They've been doing all these great things in Jesus' names. And they're just fired up. I mean, they're just excited because they've been out ministering in Jesus' names. And they come back, and I wanted to show you what Jesus said to them in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, beginning there at verse 20, the Bible says, Nevertheless, here's Jesus speaking to them. Luke 10, 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced to the Spirit and said, Now listen, what He says, I thank You, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that You have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. 
Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Now, we could pause, and we could spend the rest of our time just praising the Lord for the first part, he said. Did you notice it? He says, listen, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Man, that's something to be excited about. That's something to get fired up about. That's something to glorify God for and praise God for, that my name is written in heaven. By the way, is your name written in heaven? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Has there been a time in your life where you realize that you're a sinner, cannot save yourself? That you're undone, but then you realize that God so loved you that He sent His Son to die in your place, to shed His precious blood, to be nailed to the old rugged cross? To die, be buried, and hallelujah, the third day rise again. And because He did that, you can live and you can have eternal life. Is your name written in heaven? Do you know for certain today that if you died, you go to heaven? If not, today's the day to settle that. Today's the day to turn from your sin and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I encourage you to do it. I exhort you to do it. Get that right. Get it settled today. Get your name written in heaven. But, but, but we're focusing on Jesus here, aren't we? His thankfulness. And I want you to notice what he says in verse 21 as he thanks the Lord for revelation. Not talking about the book of Revelation, although we're thankful for that. Talking about spiritual revelation. God revealing himself. Look at what he says in verse 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes, even so, Father, for it so seemed good in your sight. In other words, God has revealed His truth to us. God has revealed His truth to babes. What's He talking about? Those who are humble enough and willing to receive it. Those that are not so proud and arrogant and rejecting His revelation. But those who receive it. And beloved, we need to be grateful for His revelation today. Why? Because God has made Himself known to us. We know that there is a God. The creation reveals it to us. The Son, the Word, the Lord Jesus reveals it to us. The Word of God, the Bible reveals it to us. His Spirit reveals it to us. Aren't you thankful today that you have the truth of the Word of God? The truth has set us free. And Jesus says, thank you, Father, that you revealed these things unto the babes here. He was thankful for revelation that God's revealed Himself. But that He's not done. There's something else I want to share with you that Jesus was thankful for. And this blows my mind. Go to, uh, I think you're in what, Luke chapter 10. Go over to Luke 22. So think about that Jesus was grateful and thankful for spiritual blessings. I want to show you this morning that He was thankful for the cross. He was thankful for the cross. In Luke 22, we have the Last Supper, the institution of the Lord's Supper. Jesus is about to go to the cross. And I want you to find verse 19 of Luke 22. And the Bible says that he took bread. Now watch this. He took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. Now listen, we understand I hope 
That that bread represents the body of the Lord Jesus. The cup, the juice, represents the blood of the Lord Jesus. And what does it say Jesus did concerning those things? It says He gave what? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. This reminds us, beloved, that gratefulness and thanksgiving is not based upon our circumstances. Now think about it. Jesus is about to die a horrible death. The God-man, perfect God, is about to take upon Himself the sin of the whole world, yet He gives thanks. In that hour, and in the horrible hours to come, He trusted His Father's will. He would later pray what? Not my will be done, but Thy will. You see, beloved, thankfulness is a choice. He says, thank you to the Father as He breaks the bread, which represents the breaking of His body. Giving His body on the cross. And the cup, which represents His his blood. Thankfulness is a choice. We can choose to be thankful. It's not based upon circumstances alone. We can choose to be thankful. And beloved, I want to submit to you today that we should make that choice daily. Why? Because when we do... We're living like Jesus. We're acting like Jesus. We're praying like Jesus. And by the way, did you know that's what we're supposed to be doing? Why? Because we're Christians. We're followers of Jesus. Thankfulness should characterize our lives not only in one week a year or one day a year as our brother prayed over the offering, but every day. Why? Because as believers, we have so much for which to be thankful. The first presidential proclamation of thanksgiving was given by George Washington on October the 3rd, 1789. Does anybody remember that? Well, I don't think anybody's that old, right? Let me share with you a portion of it. Here's what George Washington proclaimed. That we may all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country. For the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpretations of his providence in the course and conclusion of the late war. For the great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty which we have since enjoyed, and in general for all the great and various favors which he's been pleased to confer upon us. Now that's interesting, and we're thankful for that, but do you know the rest of the story? Beloved, realize it or not, Shortly after that proclamation was written and given, it was lost for 130 years. In fact, the original document was written in longhand by William Jackson, who was the secretary to the president. And then George Washington signed it. And then it was lost. It was probably misplaced or mixed in with some other private papers when the U.S. Capitol was moved from New York to Washington, D.C., And in fact, the original manuscript was not placed in the National Archives until 1921. And here's how that happened. Dr. J.C. Fitzpatrick, who was the Assistant Chief of Manuscripts Division of the Library of Congress, found the proclamation. You know where he found it? He found it at an auction sale that was being held in New York. And Dr. Fitzpatrick purchased the document for $300, for the Library of Congress in which it now resides. Now here's the point. Beloved, I wonder at times if we have misplaced our personal proclamation of thanksgiving. In other words, in the midst of the busyness of life, 
In the midst of the daily grind. In the midst of the laundry and the kids and the carpools and the sports events and the church activities and the cooking and the cleaning and the washing and all that goes with it. And day in and day out, I wonder if we've misplaced, lost our personal proclamation of thanksgiving. And I wonder if we even realize we've missed it at times, if we're honest. If you have lost it, I hope this morning that you found it. I hope this morning, as we've gathered today, not only have you found it, but you're going to proclaim it again. And keep proclaiming it. That you're thankful. You're grateful. That you're happy in the Lord. And you're thankful for not only the physical blessings. But also the spiritual blessings. I hope today you'll begin developing an attitude of gratitude. And I hope today that all of us. All of us. Will start being thankful. Like Jesus. Father it is with a grateful heart. That we bow in your holy presence this morning. We thank you for this time. We thank you for our Savior, Jesus. Father, I pray if anyone here does not know for certain that their sin is forgiven. That heaven is their home. I pray during this closing hymn. They'll step out from that pew and come and allow me to place them as someone. Who knows you and loves you and loves them. And will lead them to the cross. And Father, I pray for the many here that are followers of Christ. Lord, would you help us to be real honest with ourselves today? Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit to examine us and teach us and instruct us. Lord, would you help us to be honest with ourselves and honest with you? Are we a grateful people or not? Forgive us. For our ungratefulness. Forgive us for taking for granted all the blessings that are ours. Not only physical blessings and material blessings. But most especially spiritual blessings. Lord help us to be the most grateful people that are upon the planet earth. Help us to live every day with gratitude. Knowing that this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. To thank you no matter what's going on around us. Lord to choose thanksgiving. We love you and praise you. And we ask this in Jesus name. And for his sake. Amen. We're going to close this morning with hymn number 638. Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices. You need to be saved today. We'd love to lead you to the cross. Just step out from your pew. I'll be standing right down here. Come down and say, Preacher, I want to know Jesus. I want to be saved. And I'll just take you and place you with someone who knows Jesus, loves Jesus, loves you, and will share with you the gospel. And I think the invitation is appropriate, is it not today, for all of us who know Jesus? Maybe he's spoken to your heart today and maybe you'd like to come and spend some time praying and thanking him at the altar. I would invite you to do that as we stand and sing 638. Now thank we all our God. Let's stand and sing.